0: welcome to FortiGuard Live. I'm Derek Mankey, Vice President, Global Threat Intelligence, and I am joined today with not only uh, my co-worker and colleague, uh, Jonas Walker, who's Global Security Strategist with us at FortiGuard Labs, but a good friend of mine. How are you doing, Jonas?
1: It's good to be here, Derek. Doing well, back from from traveling quite a bit back in Singapore, but uh, doing this podcast now with you. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, It's great to to talk on the stage, as it were. And um, There's always so many good discussions we have offline. And um, uh, there's always so much to talk about, so many things that we're looking at. One thing I wanted to, to talk about uh, today with you is the a big word out there in the industry, convergence. And we hear it with networking and security and, uh, you know, convergence versus consolidation, all the good stuff that's happening and really the necessity that's happening on the um on the blue team right the defender side and certainly that's happening within uh, security fabrics and platforms and all that stuff uh, as a result of you know the drivers that's that's really happening from the threat landscape right we always see that the the need for technology and security is being driven from what the bad guys are up to right and and the threat actors I think you're quite familiar with that and um, one of the concepts I know that I've been having with, with uh, CISOs, uh, and I'm sure you have as well in your travels is this, what's happening on the threat landscape and what's the, I refer to this as a phenomenon, right? But what's happening is, uh, the, uh, convergence of the threat landscape, right? So what's, um, if we look about what's, you know, focusing on the threat landscape, what are you seeing when it comes to convergence for, um, uh, for threats? you know, between, let's say, cybercrime and advanced persistent threats, nation state threat actors.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned a really good point, like, whatever we see, like, in the normal legitimate business side is slowly or sometimes even Mm -hmm. very fastly adapting on the, on the malicious side, we've seen with like, as service subscriptions from normal businesses being adapted by the criminal side, and now similarly with the conversion. So we on one hand, we have like APT groups and APT groups in a nutshell, are groups with uh, deep pockets, a lot of resources, super skilled engineers, and it's it's more often about espionage, sabotage, about getting control, and then on the other side, we have like these cybercrime groups, which are more often than not financially motivated, and in there, you have different kind of threat actors, but what we see these days is that some of the tools, techniques, and also malware is being used from both parties together, so it seems like this convergence of different kind of threat actors out there, which makes it much more tougher for the people on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. So, um, you know, what you're talking about is so first of all, I completely agree, like, um, and and this resonates, by the way, I've had similar conversations with CISOs, but the um, the APTs, right, the nation states, these are typically a much smaller share of attack activity that we see, right? I mean, certainly it's out there. These are the premeditated uh, long and slow attacks, you know, typically one you know, a handful or usually just one target that they're going after. A lot of time spent on the reconnaissance phase, right? Blueprinting networks, knowing especially when it comes to critical infrastructure, OT based attacks, right? Knowing what devices they have, what, what versions are running, applications are running, uh, what ones are vulnerable, how, how they can create a zero day to get into those systems. All of that takes a lot of time, right? And it's usually reserved for those deep funded, um, as you said, nation states. But with the, the cyber crime world, which is a majority, let's say 95% plus of attack activity that we see, they are uh, now um, following similar sort of uh, techniques, right? Because we've seen that. We've seen uh, more zero days and weaponization of threat from cyber criminals. We've seen more of the uh, reconnaissance happening, right? Um, it's actually part of their playbook development now, if you think about it, right? Because on the playbook, they are looking at... Um, how they can go after their targets, not just for ransomware and data crypting, right? But for extortion, double extortion. We've seen the rise of wiper threats. So we can talk about that as well too. But this is really becoming um commoditized, right? And and uh, a regular day for cyber criminals. Yeah, definitely. And you
1: mentioned wipers and I have a few words here for, for sure regarding that specific topic because on one hand I get some PTSD flashbacks from 2012, I have a yeah. personal experience with the Shamoon attack back then, like this virus, uh, this yeah. Viper targeting the, the biggest oil company in the world, Saudi Aramco. And I remember it very well because I was literally standing in a physical store re- replacing one of my broken hard drives and I realized hard drives are more expensive four years later than when I bought them. And when I did a little bit of research, I realized that was when the Viper was happening and this company bought pretty much every single hard drive on this planet. And I think that was a little bit the beginning when we saw vipers, but um when when you look at today like this year specifically and looking back the whole decade what is your view on vipers like over the last decade versus this year specifically
0: yeah so vipers um you know it's funny it's first of all it's really funny how you mentioned you remember what you were doing at what time in 2012 i have the exact same memory actually in 2013 which was another wiper with um uh, dark soul these are attacks in south korea that were happening if, if you remember um, this was cutting edge technology at the time because it was a wiper um i was actually in halifax in canada which is not a you know in the winter it's a very cold you know i love halifax i love canada but you know um, in the winter it's it's quite dark and cold um so it's probably not a memory that you would remember <laughs> that would come top of mind but it does come top to mind because This is as you know the dark soul attacks were happening um i was i got pulled outside of the conference in you know talking to our analysts and research group we had this sample looked at it we actually were doing analysis on it at the time and uh, this was the first time we saw logic bombs put into a wiper so it had disk wiping capability it had a time bomb put in what happened in that attack was they were going um, over a, you know, this didn't happen in in a minute or an hour or a day. They were going to multiple targets and deploying these bombs effectively, right? So at a given time, I believe it was in in April that year, all of them went off. All the systems went offline and detonated. And that's actually when the samples started getting distributed. So it was was a big deal at the time. And you mentioned Shamoon. I remember that in 2012. Um, As I said, Dark Soul in 2013. There were only... uh, about one wiper observation every year following up until this year so it was again far and few in between thankfully unfortunately now this year we saw seven of them just in the first half of this year and not only that jonas as you know we follow this with 40 guard labs in our telemetry Um, those iocs like basically the malware hashes the you know command and control for those wipers um it's not just limited to one target like you would see with apt groups sure it can start there but what we're observing uh, and this is a phenomenon right is that with the seven wipers this year we're actually seeing that light up like uh, like a christmas tree. To, to be honest like it's not one or two detections we're talking about thousands of detections in fact over 24 countries as well too that's a big deal right and um that was just in the first half of this year now there's actually more wipers coming on scene in, in the second half of the year too so it's a, a disturbing trend <laughs> Yeah, and I
1: think it highlights as well the conversions which we have been talking about because apparently in the in the past, it was mainly used by APT groups, but now we see cybercrime crime groups leverage, leveraging these techniques combined with their traditional form of attacks ransomware because instead of you not getting your data back, they're threatening you, creating these wipers, executing them because they're already in your system and shutting down everything on, on top of it. So it, it really comes down to using different kinds of techniques and tools from different kind of groups
0: yeah uh, absolutely so and this so that's um that's definitely the phenomenon that's happening I would say it's it's this uh convergence between the groups themselves because there's infrastructure set up the whole crime services as we know like crime as a service all of that stuff is, is, is set and ripe for nation state groups to use. And there's actually collaboration behind the scenes happening between these groups as well. And the interesting effect about that is now when I have conversations with, let's say, public sector in the past, public sector would say um, we're focused on APT groups. That's our number one threat, you know, ransomware, not so much private sector right on the IT side. Uh, we're, we're, we're 100% focused on ransomware and business email compromising these threats because that's what hits us day to day. You try to talk to them about APT threats and, you know, more of that sophisticated um, attack technology like wipers. Uh, and they would say, you know, we're not concerned about that, right? We're focused on the cybercrime. Now that conversation is changing, right? Public sector is absolutely con- uh, concerned about the private sector attacks, ransomware, BEC and so forth where the private sector now is also waking up and concerned about uh you know APC effectively right like the advanced persistent threats it's a higher level at risk too isn't it
1: yeah definitely I think we are at the point in time where you could not you can't just say I'm only worried about this kind of attacks or that kind of attacks you need to be prepared against both of the, both of them since mm-hmm. it's quite overlapping as well and it's it's you need to have a very high risk appetite if you only look at one of them which I would personally not recommend because we see the attack surface getting bigger and bigger and this means for cybercrime groups and apt groups both of them to have more capabilities from the offensive side so we need to step up the games on the defensive side similarly like how they are expanding we need to expand as well when when you look at that what kind of recommendations when you you say you have these conversations with these? or what are usually the topics you bring up first when they ask for advice
0: risk I mean you have to speak their language right when talking to CSO so everything we just talked about just think about it the, the 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 level of risk has never been this high right because now we're talking not just about ransomware and data cryptors which CISOs are used to now uh, mostly right it's been around for a decade so they've put in um you know uh segmentation backup strategies things like that right but then the extortion playbook came out double extortion then those are things now that they're starting to prepare for and get into uh, everything from shoring up defense on the left side to an incident response and planning having a plan right for incident response so that they can engage those are the conversations we have been having but now the conversations with the CISO is starting to shift to this like saying hey if these wipers are coming um, this is a very high level of risk you can't wait right uh, you really have to focus more on the preventative side because if you don't it's too late I mean we're talking about wipers right that that take out systems even in some cases to the point of flashing uh you know firmwares you know turning devices into paperweights which can cause a lot of damage right so collateral damage is higher risk is higher and so what that means is now the conversation with uh you know cso's and security professionals is shifting to the preventative side more right how can we deal with those tough challenges like when an attacker is looking at you when they're doing reconnaissance on you, when they are doing uh, weaponization, i.e. creating zero-day threats. The number one tactic we're seeing, we put this in our threat landscape report, as you know, Jonas, is defense evasion. 59.2% mm. on defense evasion tactics that we observe. That, that's a lot. So that's really the, the conversation. Um, and so what that translates into is how do we focus more on the left side of the kill chain, pre-attack, and so there's a lot more conversation now happening, which with um, next generation SOC is a skills gap, as you know, uh, out there. So it's about uh, leveraging things like SOC as a service, DRPS, uh, DRPS, which is Digital Risk Protection Service, looking out on the dark web, looking at chatter to see what attackers are trying to know about you, right? And then, of course, uh, one of our, I, I know you really love this technology, uh, deception uh, mm. technology, right? Because it's a, great solution to that isn't it
1: yeah i like how you mentioned the left side of the kill chain so we talk Mm -hmm. about the reconnaissance phase here where it's about understanding what kind of information is out there what do we know about our potential target and also when we look at the whole time from attackers specifically uh, regarding the whole kill chain usually the vast majority of the time is actually spent on reconnaissance most of these Mm -hmm. attacks especially from apt groups they have like 20, 30 people spending months, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, uh, figuring out what kind of companies, victims, uh, their targets they're dealing with. And they have so much time and resources available. And the more time we spend to plan an attack, the more likely it is for someone to be successful. I remember the the famous words my dad always told me, 80% of your success lies in preparation. And I strongly believe in offensive security is the same. better you're prepared the more likely it is you will succeed later when time is short and everything will happen quite quickly
0: yeah i couldn't agree more and um it's it's the um proverbial know your enemy right but it applies now to cybercrime why because these attacks we're seeing are becoming more targeted simply right and that's a big part of of uh, the game of targeted attacks is knowing uh knowing the attack surface knowing your victim from the eyes of an attacker of course which is now as i said you know focusing more on that reconnaissance phase two so um, the zero day aspect too as i said there's still a lot uh, this has been going on a long time uh, as you know but when it comes to malware uh you know as i said they're trying to get around security uh, you know defense evasion trying to get around security controls so being able to have zero day prevention is also key everything from ctna and zero trust to uh segmentation as we talked about uh, uh before but also having um inline sandboxing it's a new technology right that doesn't have to wait two minutes for a sandbox request to come back and say this is bad because if you have a wiper thread in the system you know game over it's too late at that point right so being able to do deep content inspection um at speed to be able to you know block traffic um of course AI powered security operations like machine learning and AI also falls into that bucket too. Those are all becoming critical conversations now. And uh, also, you know, investment points with CISOs. Um, The other thing too, is this is now bubbling up to the board, right? Because it's a risk conversation. So this is absolutely becoming more topical when it comes to board level conversations too, right?
1: Yeah, I do believe though, that's a really good trend because personally, I think security needs to be top of mind. It needs mm-hmm. to be supported from all the way from the top, because if we try to implement security afterwards, like at, sec- at later stages, we we really run into the problem, which you mentioned very well, speed is, is king. It, It's about if if you're late, um, it doesn't take too long these days with a lot of automated tools, with a lot of machine learning technologies to understand what is out there, what is vulnerable, and how to exploit them on pattern which we have seen in the past. And these systems are becoming more and more trained, Similar like we train our systems on the defensive side with all the samples we have been gathering for the last 20 years. We know how malware looks like, what kind of patterns, and we are capable of making very quick decisions, whether when something new comes in to decide, does it look suspicious or not? But we need to keep in mind that the offensive side is capable of using similar techniques as well at some point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another effect we're seeing isn't it is the the speed and agility of these attacks is also increasing because these targeted attacks aren't the Stuxnet era of 2010 that take two years to develop I mean these are coming much more fast and furious so um, I'm glad you mentioned I'm glad that you mentioned automation though that's another piece we haven't talked about that's also a very key piece to this right with uh sim and soar that's all part of that next generation sock you can't have you can't win this fight just with scaling with uh, with headcount in humans, right? You definitely need that automation piece in, in the SOC, too. That's a, a key component. Well, um, hey, Jonas, I really want to thank you for your time. Appreciate it. It's always great conversations with you. Um, we talked about some of the... <laughs> The, the effect we're seeing, which is always the bad news, but there is some good news that we talked about like the um, you know the this conversation now becoming a focus point, more to the board level. There are actual relevant solutions to this today that didn't really exist you know um, five years ago as well too. so all good things there. Um, for all the viewers out there, thanks for joining us. You can view all the latest content from our threat research on our blog at blog.forinet.com. Once again, I'm Derek Mankey, joined by Jonas. Thanks for your time, Jonas. It's another episode of 40 Guard Live. We'll talk to you later.